This is The Jerry Callahan Show. news we start off with really good news on uh, this tuesday morning for uh whoopi goldberg and for uh sunny huxton and van jones and jamel hill great news they got a white guy they got a white guy i gotta give the uh the memphis police department credit not for much but for this because uh they saved the white guy till after the weekend <laughs> they they uh did everything they could to uh ignite the riots there were some riots there was some looting but it was not nearly as bad as it would have been if one of the initial five police officers who uh, are being charged with murder of tyree nichols if any of them were white we would have seen much more carnage there would have been much more uh hysterical screaming and kicking from uh, the media but uh they initially just started with the five guys who they're charging with murder and, and kidnapping and a number of other serious crimes. But now they got a white guy and he is out. They got rid of, I believe it's two EMTs and one fireman and two more cops, including a guy named, what's his first name? Hemp, Hempel, Preston Hempel mm. has been placed on leave. He will be fired. He was the guy, he was initially, his body cam they initially had uh, when um, they pulled over not Tyree Nichols, and I believe it was his body cam that showed Tyree Nichols running away. Uh, Hempel did not kick or or punch or club Tyree Nichols, but he did say, and this is why he's uh, he's uh, in big trouble. He on the camera he says, "I hope they I hope they stop his ass." That is Preston Hempel's voice. You could tell it's this nerdy white guy. I hope they yeah. stop his ass. Easy to pick out. So you know what this I, reminds me of, Jer? Remember, uh, were you a Seinfeld guy? It was right during your heyday. Of course. Of course. Almost every, you know, Seinfeld was great. It was, when they go to jail for just watching and not doing anything? Yeah. That's, uh, I'm, he, he, he did say something. He did say something incriminating, and uh, he's in trouble. I'm not sure if there'll be criminal charges, but he's out. Um, but we, we, we got to get into the whole. Um, Memphis Police Department, because uh, there's there's a reason this happened. There's there's an, uh, as the Biden administration likes to say, there's an underlying cause, a root cause here, and it's not uh, racism, of course. It is diversity. We have a couple of these guys, these killers, these thugs, who are diversity hires, and we have a police chief, C.J. Davis. I'm not sure if you've heard uh, about her history her work history, but uh, she had no business. She has no business running a police department in a city of 600,000 people. She is another diversity hire. So diversity kills, not 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 racism, not systemic racism, but diversity. We'll get into that. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big day all around here, a big day all around. Alec Baldwin is going to be personally uh, criminally charged today, which is awesome i can't i can't wait to just watch the baldwin family just totally unravel 
looking forward to hearing from his his Spanish wife. I'm not sure if she can find the word <laughs> in English. Yeah. She struggles with English, you know, for He's a, how you say innocent. Yeah, he, she's, she's out of control. How you say cucumber. <laughs> well, she's uh she's not going to be happy about this. She's got seven little kids at home and Alec may be going away for a little while. I've already predicted he's going to do time. I think he'll end up doing like 60 days and minimum security, but he's got to do time, which is awesome. I don't think he's going to handle it well. We have Steph Curry trying to stop uh, poor people from moving into his neighborhood. What a hypocrite. Uh, we got, uh, I got a question about Jane Fonda, who's who made a movie. Now, granted, it is a terrible, I haven't seen it, but it is a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, it is the perhaps, the bat, perhaps the worst move Tom Brady's ever made, which tells you something about Brady. He's had a pretty good run. But this one, man, what were you thinking, Tom Brady? Novak Djokovic, I'm going to nominate now. It's only 31 days into this year, but he is my sportsman of the year, my athlete of the year, my man of the year for 2023. He's my. I'm going to start watching tennis, by the way, just so I can root for Novak Djokovic. And I have a couple of female tennis players. Of course, I don't know their names, but we'll get to that. No, who I'm, like sudden, I, I'm, I'm now a big fan of, and it's a big day in Massachusetts, and it's a good day to have Montante here filling in for Ironhead because it's the first day of legalized gambling on sports in Massachusetts. I don't know if you're aware of this, Montante, but I live a short walk from uh, Encore, and I can head over there and put, put my bet, put my money. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put money on the Eagles. I've already decided. I've already made my pick. I've already predicted the, the spread is going to go up. The line is two, I believe. Yeah, and one and a half, two. Get, depends where you are. I'm going to get I'm going to get your thoughts on this because your record in the postseason is stunning. He's the anti-Ironhead. What, what, what's the number? What were you in the postseason? I'm 11 and one so far in the postseason. 11 and one in the postseason. So maybe I'll uh, coax a pick out of uh, Montate. Uh, for this game, which is I, I, here's what's going to happen. I've, I've I've lived through lots of Super Bowls, covered lots of Super Bowls, and right now everybody thinks the Eagles are going to win. I think you know the money, the early money, and you'd know better than I would, uh, especially being down in New Jersey. You, uh, the the early money is going to come in, in the on the Eagles because the Eagles are a better team, a deeper team, a better defense. They are rolling. And uh, by by February 12th, I can't believe the Super Bowl is February. Weeks away, yeah, it's wild. By the time they kick off, there'll be doubt in the air. That's how it works. You spend two weeks in it. You have a you have a a, a, a hunch, an instinct initially after you watch the conference championship games. And I am convinced the Eagles are the better team, and I am picking the Eagles. But by the time they kick off, they'll be they'll, they'll spend the week when they get to Glendale. Eagles fans will spend spend the week uh, vandalizing small <laughs> businesses and and yeah, mugging correct. and mugging old ladies in Chiefs jackets, and uh, the media will tell you that uh, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest player in the and he is, uh, and Andy Andy Reid's a great coach, and who knows what's going to happen? And then you know what's going to happen? They'll kick off, and the Eagles will kick ass. And people like me will say, why didn't I just stick with my original instinct? But I, I'll get to we'll get to that. I am curious because I know you spend a lot of time, much too much time studying this stuff and uh, devoting yourself to your next pick. Doesn't it, it doesn't kind of bum me out that there's only one more football game. 
terrible. And I had to delve into the NBA last night. And I went one and five and got absolutely crushed. So, uh, yeah, well, we had football all year round. It's terrible. I, I, I'm not really uh, – I'm not going to get into the NBA or NHL till uh, April when, uh, you know, the real games begin. But seeing how I'm a big tennis fan now, I'm going to turn my attention to tennis and rooting for my guy, Novak Djokovic. I didn't even know how to pronounce his name, you know, six months ago. But he's the greatest player ever. He's the greatest athlete in the world right now. He should win all the awards. He's a hero. He's a hero, especially to purebloods like you, a guy who put principle above all others, a guy who was deported out of Australia a year ago, deported, went back and won his 10th Australian Open. But we'll get to that. we got to start with Memphis because we talked about this a little bit yesterday. And, and you knew uh, you knew that the media and were, were, uh, and politicians and Democrats were so disappointed that there were five cops, five killers. And they were just praying that one of them was, you know, I don't know, half white. Yeah. One of them was Asian. I don't know, maybe maybe Hispanic. They were like, please don't let them all be black. And they were all black. And it kind of ruined the narrative. And they tried to shoehorn it in, as we, we yeah. talked about yesterday. They, they, they still brought to, it back they, to white supremacy. They, the they, white supremacy. They, they blamed it on white supremacy. And uh, it was silly. They were mocked and, and ridiculed for this. And it just became a joke saying, uh, I mean, literally a joke. People laughed at them and said, white supremacy? Um, I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a few elements here, and I'm going to predict now that there's much more to the story. As you know, as everybody knows who watched the video, the brutal video, the, the beatdown, heard these cops. I mean, they were in a rage, and they knew, and I, I, I have trouble getting past this, they knew there were cameras on, and they did it anyway. These are, these are, 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 are thugs. These are criminals. This, this was, they, they were doing what seemed to come naturally to them. It yeah. was like they, it was like some personal, something There's, personal going on. It was street on. justice. It was street justice. Yeah, 100%. So, so, not exactly. Work. And it was like right out of the movie training day where these rogue cops were doing what they do. I'm going to guess they've done it before, not killed guys, but they have brutalized people. Uh, they have crossed the line before. And it feels like Tyree Nichols did something. I don't know what he did. And I'm not saying he did something criminal, but maybe, I don't know, did he, did he, is he, is he dating one of their exes? Yeah. It makes Uh, you think, is there a reason he ran? You know, did he, when he got pulled over, said, I hope it's not so-and-so and and he sees him and takes off. And, but I do think, and I heard people criticize, I heard Ben Shapiro saying, oh, he shouldn't have run. Shouldn't have run. He was, his, he knew his life was in danger. He knew you're exactly right. He knew what these guys were doing and he knew it was going to get worse. And his only hope was to run. His mother lived 200 feet away that's why he was yelling for his mother he'd seriously thought maybe she could hear him and save him or call i guess you can't call the cops but the fear can you imagine the horror of being beaten by five cops knowing that these guys are not going to help you are not going to save you are not going to stay within the the confines of the law i mean other than yelling for your mother what recourse do you have of course he tried to run he tried to live and it didn't work out, obviously. Fight they caught him, they beat him, they killed him. But now we find out, and I, I understand this is not going to get a lot of play in the media. We found out at least two of them were hired when they lowered the standard. They, 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 the standards were rock bottom, by the way. They initially lowered the standard to say you didn't need any 
college degree or college credits. You used to need, I think it was an associate's degree or at least 54 yeah. credits of college to become a Memphis police officer. Uh, that's not the case anymore. They were desperate for people. They're down 500 officers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, with the, I'm, I'm looking at the... Uh, I'm looking at the uh, Memphis Fire Department. Trying to fi- I'm trying to figure out the- there was two firemen and an EMT. I believe one of them, yes, one of them is white. So we have one EMT, one EMT and one cop who is white. So they got that going for them. But the um, let me get the the, the story from uh, from the New York Post had this initially. New York Post reported that uh, that. Let me get this get this up. Uh, New York Post says at least two of the five Memphis police officers charged with the murder, uh, charged with murder in the fatal beatdown of Tyree Nichols, joined the force after the department relaxed its hiring requirements. Tadarius Bean and Demetrius Haley both joined the Memphis PD in August 2020, more than two years after the department dramatically loosened the education qualifications to become an officer. Recruits no longer need an associate's degree or college credits to join the force and could get by with five years of work experience. Well, one of them had work experience. He was a prison guard and he got in trouble for beating an inmate. Loosening the requirement required qualifications uh, means that the department is ultimately getting, quote, less desirable job candidates, according to Mike Alazar, a professor at John Jay College of criminal justice and a retired NYPD uh, officer, quote, they're desperate. They want police officers. They're going through it. They check some boxes and say, good enough, get them on. The department showed signs of struggle recruiting officers uh, by offering $15,000 in signing bonuses. So these guys who didn't qualify two years ago, who had real sketchy backgrounds, uh, joined the force and they gave him 15 grand the, the department is still down 500 which 500 people which uh, uh the other reason to explain this is the defund the police movement the yeah. black lives matter movement this is the result of what happened after george floyd after the george floyd riots and the, the demands the uh the blm crowd made we we uh, want to defund the cops uh, we want to uh, demonize, stigmatize police yeah. officers. So it became much harder to recruit. So they lowered the standards. And lo and behold, they end oh. up with some thug scumbags on the force. Well, Jerry, That's not bad. only that, not only that, you're missing one thing, too, why they're lowing officers. The people that were there long enough and putting their time in, but when they actually joined, we had, you know, societal norms. They said, all right, I'm taking my money. I'm getting out. This is this is turning into something I didn't sign up for. So now you're bringing people, in people who aren't qualified, and that's how you end up with a void like this in a situation we're in. People uh, people don't want to be cops. I mean, they see nope. the war on cops, so it gets harder to recruit them, and they end up hiring people who aren't qualified and giving them $15,000. And what's the result? The result is uh, they they uh, Tyree Nichols ends up dead, beaten to death by bad cops who had no business being on the force. So if you're looking for blame, clearly, uh, it, you know, it's not racism or white supremacy. That's a joke. People like Whoopi Goldberg and Jamel Hill and Van Jones are clowns. Uh, Mike Wise, there's a bunch of these activists still clinging to the notion that uh, 
the people that train the officers, you know, they, they, they're the white supremacy. It's a white supremacist system and they're upholding a white. Su- I don't even know what that means. I mean, if you push them on and say, explain that it's a patriarchy. What does that mean? I actually you're know. I actually know. You, oh, well, let me, let me finish the question. You're telling me that the guys who beat to death Tyree Nichols learned that? They learned that from white guys, from a white supremacist <laughs> system. What exactly did they learn? So if a if a black guy, young black guy with no criminal record is driving recklessly, and by the way, we still don't know what that means because there's no footage of the scene before they pull him over, how exactly he was driving recklessly. Uh, he was, it's eight o'clock at night. He was sober, unlike, you know, George Floyd or, or uh, Rodney King. He was no drug addict. He was no uh, criminal. And five guys, for some reason, react violently to this six foot three inch, 145 pounds, uh, 29 year old guy. And your explanation is the people who taught, trained those cops are white supremacists. It's just so silly. It almost feels like it's not worth talking about. Let these people be clown themselves. Let, let whoop, we'll get to whoopy. Let them all go out there and make this stretch and maybe, maybe now they'll say, "See, the, the guy with the who was there and the initial traffic stop was a white guy." And they'll find out that Preston Hempel was some kind of crazed white supremacist. But I doubt it. This is just silly. I feel like telling every one of them, "You're gonna have to wait for the next one," because you know maybe we'll get lucky in the next video of a cop brutalizing a motorist. Maybe it'll be a white guy, and you know your whole your whole narrative will will fit into place. But you got to sit this one out. If you're if you're Jamel Hill or or uh, Van Jones, you, you got to just say, well, these are bad cops, and and you know they belong in prison for for the rest of their lives. But you can't um, you can't use this to to advance your agenda, your narrative. It just doesn't work. It's bad. So they're saying the idea. They're saying not the training is racist. They're saying the idea of policing as a whole is racist, and they tie it back to uh, the slave times when runaway slaves would run around. The first pl- uh, police were the ones who would round them up and return them. So that's, they say that's, that's where the, uh, that's the that's, call, that's call that's that's yeah, the that's their Kaepernick. whole spin. That's what they're relating it to. So what happened, uh, you know, over you know a couple of weeks back is tied into that. That's their logic to it. So. Here's here's the other way. Here's the other way that their narrative falls apart. And they talk about defunding the police or you know reallocating and 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 don't let them say they never said that because they did. It's all on tape. Mm-hmm. Even Joe Biden said we should defund the police. People like Ayanna Presley, Corey Bush, real radicals, real extremists still wanted to fund the police and the and the contradiction there is the people in the neighborhoods largely black people hispanic people they have no interest in defunding they want more cops they don't want fewer cops they don't look at this and saying we got to get rid of cops they say we need more good cops we need more cops who who abide by who protect us and follow the law but uh they're not just the only diversity hires these these two of the five and I have a feeling we're going to find out more about all five because these are all five. These are just bad people, bad, bad cops. But the chief, and she got credit for handling this well, although she was really hyping up the video. Um, but C.J. Davis, she's a woman. She's a, she's a police chief. This is an amazing story. I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, you're wondering, where did uh, C.J. Davis come for? Did she just start off as a patrolman? patrol woman and work her way up the ranks. No, 
She came from Atlanta. Well, you know why she's uh, no longer in Atlanta? Because she got fired. She was involved in this scandal. Here's how you end up police chief in Memphis, which is a big job. Let's be honest. It's a violent city. You you need a solid, uh, you need a strong leader at the top of the Memphis PD. But check this out. This is from uh, Breitbart. A career, the career record of Memphis police chief C.J. Davis has come under scrutiny in the wake of Tyree Nichols' death due to police brutality. A report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution indicates Davis, who became chief in 2021, had originally been fired from the Atlanta PD after becoming embroiled in a botched sex crimes investigation into the husband of an Atlanta police sergeant. Her career in law enforcement began as a patrol officer in 86. She advanced to the become the commander of the city's special operations section, which included SWAT, mounted patrols, a helicopter unit, uh, vice and narcotics. The botched sex crimes operation occurred in, 20, in, in 2008 while Davis had been serving as APD's internal affairs commander. She was reportedly fired alongside another cop, Per the Atlanta Journal, Journal Constitution, you ready for this? Two detectives accused Davis of telling them not to investigate Crane, that would be T.C. Crane, a, a dirty cop, after the department obtained sexual photos of him mm-hmm. with underage girls. A federal grand jury later ind- indicted T.C. Crane on charges of producing child pornography. The federal indictment was issued after the Atlanta police took no action in the case though an investigation by the city later later pointed to Davis as the reason. Then Chief demoted Davis from major to to lieutenant before firing her. She challenged the firing and was ultimately reinstated. So she buried a case of a dirty cop who was having sex with children, had, I believe, had video or or photographs of Mm -hmm. uh, proof and she covered that up and got fired and uh, and and eventually got reinstated but you would you'd think that would be kind of a uh, i don't know red red flag <laughs> a red flag <laughs> but no it it didn't slow her down she uh she became uh, she went somewhere else before ending up uh as the went to Durham North Carolina Durham North Carolina as chief and then to the Memphis PD as police chief. This woman who covered up a child pornography uh, crime by an, a fellow officer. So I'm just going to guess. I don't want to make you know, uh, assumptions here, but I'm going to guess if C.J. Davis weren't a woman of color, this might have held her back a little bit. I'm just going to guess. They were looking for a diversity hire. They got one in C.J. Davis. It. And and what do we got? We have a, a, a innocent, dead, twenty nine year old Tyree Nichols. This has just begun, by the way. Again, I'm predicting we're gonna. There's much more to the story. I do want to find out what set the cops off. It doesn't make any sense. I know they're bad guys. I know they're evil. But when you look at their rage, their bloodlust for this skinny motorist who's got no drugs, no guns, no no child pornography, you say, uh, and, and again, I know they're bad cops and they've probably beaten people up before, but they kill a guy. 
for reckless driving. Was he resisting arrest? Of course he was. He, as, as Montante said, and it's a good point, he knew something was wrong here. He knew this rage, this aggression from the cops didn't make sense, and he knew he was going to take a beating. So, of course, he was trying to get away. They, uh, We talked about this yesterday. The, the cops issued 71 orders. Some of them were conflicting orders. Like, let me see your hands. Put your hands behind your back. Get on the ground. No, not that way. You know, you're on your anyway, that so way. Yeah. He's literally saying you could you could grab the sound. You could find the sound. He says, I'm on the ground. No, on your stomach. It was total confusion, total chaos. And at the same time, they're spraying him with uh, with pepper spray. And then when he runs, they're tasing him. So if he's confused by the orders and not following them to a T, do you blame him? Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. and then, again, again. Was he resist, was he arresting was he resisting arrest? Of course he was. Do you blame him? Do you yeah, blame him? Doesn't mean he, he should end up dead. He initially, he pulled over. Initially, he was probably thinking, you know, I'm going to get a ticket. Even when they get him out of the car, uh, maybe he's thinking I'm going to get arrested. He's not thinking I'm going to take a beating and lose my life. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't blame him at all for making a run for it. He wanted to get to his mother's house, maybe get somewhere where there's some witnesses, some some people who could help him. He failed in that. But these guys, I, I feel like they're going to need a defense. There are five of them, some, you know, two, they're going to flip. One or two are going to flip and turn on the others. Uh, they're going to be tried probably separately. So we're going to have one testify against the other. And eventually we're going to get to our, get an answer to the question yeah. of what led to this extreme response it just doesn't make any sense. I know what led to having bad cops on the force, diversity. Black Lives Matter. That's who you want to blame someone? Whoopi, blame Black Lives Matter, who demanded, who made life difficult for cops, made it less less appealing as a job, uh, ran some good cops off the force and opened it up to the point where they hired guys who were former prison guards who, who beat up prisoners. Gee. Could you imagine they're going to actually beat up, uh, you know, suspects now that they're on the police force? You want to blame someone? Blame diversity. Blame BLM. But that uh, certainly not the narrative yet. It should be, but uh, now it's still I don't know race. It's 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 almost comical listening to some of these people. Do we have Whoopi? Let's listen to Whoopi explain what has to happen to wake people up. First of all. Why does she think people aren't awake? Everybody saw this. Everybody was horrified and sickened by this. Everybody would prefer police off, uh, police departments not hire thugs and criminals like the Memphis PD obviously did. But Whoopi thinks we're not awake and we, we're not going to really pay attention until a white guy gets killed. Let's listen. Or a black policeman, it is a problem in the police and the policing yeah. itself, you know, seems things don't seem to make sense to people unless it's somebody they can feel or they can mm-hmm. recognize. But how many times do we have to do we need to see white people also get beaten before anybody will do anything? I'm not suggesting that. So don't write us and tell me what a you know, what a racist I am. I'm just asking, is that is that what people have to see in order to wake up and realize this affects us all? Uh, you know what? I'm, uh, before we move on, I got a question. I, I've watched this for days now, three, four days. 
and people like her, people like, you know, the Van Joneses of the world, they keep saying, and other people do too, some of the athletes and the John Morant, we're talking about it. And they say, Mm -hmm. how many times do we have to see this? How many times? And I'm going, how many times do we see it? You know, George Floyd was almost what, three years ago, three years ago, George George Floyd was a, was a criminal. George Floyd was a, was a drug addict. It has nothing. There's no comparison to George Floyd and Tyree Nichols. How many times do we see an innocent guy, white or black, doesn't matter, beaten to death by, we're we're tired of seeing it. I don't think I've ever seen it before. I got news for you, Jerry. When it it happens to white, white guys, because it does happen to white, there's bad cops everywhere. They don't really care as much as they'd like to think about color. If a white guy gets beaten by cops, guess what? It doesn't go viral. Nobody cares about it. We're not having this discussion. So they well, try to perpetuate the narrative. It only happens to black people, and it's happening it, all the time. It's ridiculous. It is, and I do think they hate cops. Well, you know, some do. Antifa hates cops, all cops. But the Black Lives Matter movement, the race hustlers out there, the the, the Ayanna Presleys, um, they they only care about race. This They dropped this thing and moved on. And right now you put on whatever, CNN, MSNBC, they're talking about Stormy Daniels again. And, and Trump, <laughs> is he going to get indicted? They have moved on because they got poor— him this time. Because poor Tyree Nichols had the misfortune of being beaten to death by five guys who have uh, the same race, the same skin color as he is. So the media moves on. It's despicable. But I just had to ask that because I've seen half a dozen times someone saying, we're just tired of seeing this. And I go, I've never seen I'm, I'm pretty. I've watched the news pretty closely for a long time. I've never seen this. I mean, you'll find examples. You want to see a white guy getting brutalized? Uh, Google. They're out there. Daniel Shaver, you'll never see anything worse than is that. Is that in the hallway? The, That's the, the guy in the hallway. hallway. They say, yeah. get down. He gets down. His hands are out. He's begging. He's bleeding. And they kill him. And by the way, they got acquitted. Uh, but most people don't know who Daniel Shaver is. Nope. But that was a few years ago. I'm talking, you have daily interactions with the cops, millions of them. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. So I don't know what you mean when you say you're tired of seeing this. But. Uh, that's, that's, this is, uh, this is not going away because there are some people in the media who will pursue this and try to get answers. Plus these guys are going to go on trial. Plus we're going to, they're going to fire some more guys. They fired a white guy, a couple of white guys. And, uh, uh, some of them probably feel, I mean, the firemen and the EMT didn't render aid fast enough. Maybe like in the movies, when you got bad cops, maybe they were afraid the cops would kill them next. There's there's a lot of people who are going to be uh, defending themselves in court and 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 pointing fingers, so uh, I think this story will go on and on. But the media will move on because they just can't use it. But uh, and uh, we will move on too. We got lots to get to. Alec Baldwin, all my favorite people: Alec Baldwin, Jane Fonda, Steph Curry. We got some frauds, some hypocrites. And before we're done here, we have to pay homage. We have to salute. My sportsman of the year. Uh, oh, we got Trump, too, with the dumbest post on True Social. Do all the Trump fans out there still want him to be back on Twitter and Facebook? Because that's going to be embarrassing. He is, he's got he's to come back to Twitter if he has any, any got, hope of winning. I mean, I want him to come back. It's entertaining. But he most of the time, he sounds like a child. Is that what you want? A petty, uh, insecure little child. And that's what he sounded like or looked like on True Social yesterday. We will get to that. But first... Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? 
When you've finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I know I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or a 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the code word Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting Jerry to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There's zero obligation to make this request. Just text Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to 989898. All right. Alec Bone's going to be indicted today, which is going to be good. Uh, I, I assume he's uh, going to uh, want to make a deal. I assume he's going to make a deal and do, I don't know, a month, two months in jail. You know why? He's got seven kids and a crazy wife at home, and it probably will feel like a vacation. <laughs> um, and uh, let's let's do Steph Curry before I get to Jane Fonda. I, have a, I, I, I've, I don't do this a lot, but I got a bone to pick with one Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. What the hell were you thinking, Tom Brady? You make this movie to, to make money? I don't understand. Why, 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 why? What are you thinking? Um, but... Let me get to Steph Curry, who is a total fraud. I mean, he's he's a he's a spectacular player. I do like watching him play. He is, uh, you know, I've said it before. He's the greatest shooter I've ever seen, and I adore Larry Bird. Um, but you know, he's he's better. Braid, you know, Bird's the second best shooter I've ever seen. Uh, Steph Curry's the best. Watching him in the finals last year was just amazing. But Steph Curry doesn't want low-income housing in his neighborhood built near his $30 million mansion. He wants, I love this story. Uh, this uh, this is, I'm not sure where this is from, doesn't matter. He joined a nonprofit in 2021 focused on quoting, quote, bridging the racial wealth gap, he said, uh, with his wife, uh, Alicia, Aisha. Uh, he is now asking the city he lives in, Atherton, California, which is the number one most affluent zip code in the country. He wants them to reconsider the, the construction of a 16-unit uh, low-income housing uh, near his estate. Quote, we hesitate to add to add to the not-in-my-backyard rhetoric, but we wanted to send a note before today's meeting, the couple wrote, safety and privacy for us and our kids continues to be a top priority. Oh, so you don't think your kids will be safe in a in a low-income neighborhood, Steph? You fraud. By the way, this is a guy who grew up, you know, well off. His father was in the NBA, obviously. Um uh, while the Golden State Warrior God opposes affordable housing in his own neighborhood, Curry joined the nonprofit 90 to 0, which aims to promote economic equality and opportunity. This is in 2021. Uh, bridging the racial wealth gap 
is one of the biggest challenges of our generation, uncovering solutions and creating opportunities in something I'm profoundly committed to. Oh, you are? Curry is a longtime Democrat. He joined former President Barack Obama for a town hall on racial equality in 2019. A year later, he put his kids in front of the camera during the 2020 DNC to endorse endorse Joe Biden. He gave $10,000 to Colin Kaepernick's charity, and he called Donald Trump a real threat. So uh, this guy who's, what do you say, dedicated to uh, uh, bridging the wealth gap and uncovering solutions and creating opportunities is something I'm profoundly committed to, does not want these riffraff. Yeah. In his defense, the end of that clip, which they always cut off short, it says from a distance. He he does preference it by saying from a distance. I support this from a distance. And he's got a huge estate, a $30 million house in this, this ultra wealthy neighborhood. And some, you know, of the of the poors want to they want to move some of the poors into Atherton. Is that what it's called? Never heard of Atherton, but it is fat all these, you know, tech billionaires and Celebrities and athletes live in Atherton. But Steph says, keep the riff raff out. What a fraud. What a hypocrite. Uh, but, hey, that, that's uh, that's being a Democrat, never having to say you're sorry. All right, before we get to uh, – no, let's do Trump. I want to get to Trump, and then I'm going to tie Trump into Jane Fonda. Try those two kids, those two <sighs> – I was going to say uh, octogenarians, but only Fond- Fonda's 82, I believe. He Trump's- looks great for 82. She looks better than him. <laughs> Trump's a spry 76. Yeah, he'll be 78 if he wins again. 82 in his last year if he wins again. But I'm not looking forward to Trump's assault on Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is the man. He's the best governor in the country. He's done an amazing job through covid through all the woke nonsense, he's been a soldier, man. He's fighting, fought Disney. He's fighting the teachers' unions. He's fighting to keep CRT and other f- garbage out of the schools. He's fighting to stop uh, drag queens from swinging their 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 male parts in front of children. Uh, but as we know, Trump is it's it's just so insecure. He needs attention. And he's already going on the attack against DeSantis. I thought it would happen. I knew it would happen. He hates the idea of DeSantis even being lurking out there. DeSantis obviously has not announced his candidacy. Trump's the only one who's announced he's running for 20, in 2024 because he has nothing else to do. And he loves the attention. He did a rally in New Hampshire, a rally in South Carolina. Didn't get a lot of coverage because the election's two years away. People aren't ready to start the campaign. DeSantis is busy running his state and doing it beautifully. And to me, people like me, DeSantis is a hero right now. We look up, we say, God, I hope he runs for president. I hope someday he's president. He has many Trump policies. Probably most of his policies would be the same as Trump without the baggage, without the the, the craziness. You know, he has a beautiful family. He's got one, one wife and you know, uh, beautiful kids. He's an athlete. He's a military guy. He was a lieutenant commander in the Navy. He has all the the good things that Trump brings without all the baggage. So we hope we look forward to him someday running for president. And I think he'll be a great president. 
And I knew Trump would go at him. I just didn't think it would start in January. And whatever, he was bored. He's feeling lonely. He's getting no attention. So he posts this on True Social. Can you throw that up on the screen for me so I can... Uh, like Jerry, uh, I'm a I'm I'm a professional here. Okay. Here here is uh, Donald J. Trump uh, last night, I believe, on True Social, and and uh, I, I'm, we'll we'll go through it, but I don't even know where to begin on which is the dumbest part of this. It's a fairly long post, and and you know he'll start doing this. You're right on Twitter. He he will because he's needy. He has mm-hmm. to get it. So one day he's just going to say, "Boom, I'm going to uh, post on Twitter, and people will make a big deal out of it." But right now. He posts on True Social and people immediately cut and paste it on Twitter. So there's really no big difference. But anyway, he writes, the fake news media was good yesterday in their coverage of my stops in New Hampshire and South Carolina. Other than the Globalist Street Journal, which is rarely accurate or good, they said the day was amazing. The enthusiasm to make America great again has never been stronger the revelations about Ron DeSanctimonious doing Ugh. far worse than many other Republican governors, including that he unapolog- unapologetically shut down Florida and its beaches was interesting indeed. DJT leading big. First of all, where do you begin with this? The Globalist Street Journal. That's his nickname for the Wall Street Journal. Sorry, Don. Oh, I didn't put that together. <laughs> That's not going to catch on. Ron DeSanctimonious. Sorry, Donald, that ain't catching on either. It's just so silly. Uh, And immediately after he did this, lots of people who are DeSantis fans who or or just don't like, you know, lying or hypocrisy pointed out that DeSantis was much better on COVID. And we know it on on the Trump. Trump, I understand it was early. I understand Operation Warp Speed was was his thing, and we were all kind of uh, flying blind. We didn't know what, what what the proper response to COVID was in January of uh, 2020 or December, uh, but we knew by May or June, we knew that it affected old people, it affected the obese people, the immunocompromised. We knew there was no reason to close schools. We certainly know there was no reason to close beaches. We know blue state governors and blue state mayors overreacted, hurt children, hurt families, didn't allow funerals, didn't allow people to visit their loved ones in the hospital. It was an extreme overreaction. We now know they were wrong. We now know there are real questions about the vaccine, which Trump owns. So when he runs, he can't avoid this. He can't avoid his record on COVID. And lying about DeSanctimonious isn't going to work. It's all there. It was only a couple of years ago. We have video. We have we have evidence that DeSantis handled it much better. He was following orders, by the way, of the federal government at some point. Trump foisted Fauci on the country. Trump Ooh. questioned Georgia for not closing. Trump criticized Sweden for not closing down. If he wants to go there, have this fight, he's going to lose it. He's going to lose it. He was not... Um, a, a he was not good on COVID. Again, we weren't sure what was happening at the beginning, but now when we look back, we say he was demanding uh, uh, that Georgia shut down schools. You were wrong, Donald. DeSantis was not nearly as wrong as you were. He made some mistakes. They all did, but he was much better on COVID. So if this fight happens, 
Trump's going to lose it. And you know what happens when he loses it? He loses it. He's going to yeah. lose on, you know, it's going to be. You don't think he'll be a gracious loser? <laughs> I just mean the debate. Forget oh. the election. <laughs> no, he's not a gracious loser. And I didn't blame him last time. They cheated. Big tech colluded, rigged it. I don't blame him for being bitter. I'd be bitter, too. But do you really have to start attacking, attacking DeSantis now? It just doesn't make any sense. But I'm going to defend him now. We're going to move on, and I'm going to defend him. And uh, I lived through this. We've talked about it many times. But Tom Brady used to be a friend of Donald Trump. It was weird, but Trump uh, Brady was nobody. And Trump took, uh, took him under his wing, flew him on private jets, took him to the Miss Universe pageant when Brady was single. Went down to Florida. They played golf. They hung out. When I was talking to Brady on the radio, when Trump first started running, first announced, Brady laughed about it, said it'd be fun having Trump in the White House. It was innocent. It was just a guy you know, who knew another guy, called him his friend. Then he, Kraft gave him one of the Make America Great hats, put it in his locker, and, and everything hit the fan. Brady literally announced he was not going to talk about Trump anymore. I know like his wife didn't like Trump and probably that's it right there. And so he said, no, he's not going to endorse Trump. He's not going to, he didn't go to the white house when Trump was president and the Patriots went to the white house. So he totally distanced himself from his old friend because Trump, I don't know, wanted to close the border, you know, because Trump didn't want to have any foreign wars. Again, it was one of those deals where he, he didn't have a problem with anything Trump did it was things he said and things that pissed off the women in his life so he distanced himself said i'm not doing that anymore i'm not talking politics i'm not hanging out with trump he wouldn't even say he voted for him probably didn't wouldn't appear with him because trump was toxic right we all know that right so good so instead of hanging out with trump this off season instead of making a movie um, instead of uh, playing golf with donald trump he makes a movie with Jane Fonda. Now, we've laughed about this. It looks like the worst movie ever made. I'm sure it sucks. We're going to, I don't know if I'm, I'm not going to see it, but uh, I'm sure it'll get terrible reviews. I'm sure it's freaking awful. I mean, with Jane Fonda and who else? Sally Field and whatever, Rita Moreno or whatever. It, it, looks a good cast. it would be a good cast in 1972. If, you, if you've seen hags. the trailer, if you've seen the trailer, you know it's a piece of garbage even if you're a huge Brady fan. But Jane Fonda is, I don't know if people are aware, You know, uh, it was a long time ago, is a traitor. Jane Fonda committed treason. She went to Hanoi in 1972, if you're not aware of this, and appeared with our enemy, the North Vietnamese, appeared on a big gun, uh, uh, an anti-aircraft gun, with a helmet on. Of the North Vietnamese, that'd be like making an appearance with the Taliban. If I don't know who's a if uh, Julia Roberts or uh, <laughs> or uh, Jennifer Lawrence went to uh, Kabul and appeared with the Taliban, you know, five years ago, and she's appearing. And by the way, she uh, toured prison camps. There was a rumor; I don't think it's ever been confirmed that one of the American prisoners handed her a note, and she handed it over to the North Vietnamese. It's been debated, but she accused Vietnam uh, vets of, of committing uh, atrocities. She is a traitor. I know it was a long time ago, but I'm sorry. That's a little bit worse to me than saying, oh, you know, they let you grab him by the pussy or whatever. You're going to hold, you know, whatever Trump makes you hate Trump. 
Trump is not as bad an American as Jane Fonda. I'm going to say that flat out. And plus, she's a total nut job now. I know that was 50 years ago, but now she's 82. And you're right. She looks good. A lot of surgery, a lot of procedures done. And she looks she looks fine for an old, old old bat, but she's just out of her mind. So the woman you go to business with, into business with, if you're Tom Brady, is now making appearances wearing a Tom Brady jersey. And I'm not even sure what shows show she's on now. But let's listen to her on the trail, on the promote doing a promotional tour for the movie, talking about what else? Climate change. Let's <laughs> you think Things, sexism, you, racism, oh, sorry, misogyny. Jane, Jane popped in early. You, you anything else? No, you got no, 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 go, go ahead. This is homophobia, whatever no, the war. And if you Brady, really, she's wearing Brady's Bucks jersey. She's wearing number twelve. And listen to this. Can you start it from the beginning? There. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we missed anything great, but somehow this is her explaining um, climate change. I think. Go ahead. And misogyny somehow. You can take anything, sexism, racism, misogyny, homophobia, whatever, the war, and if you really get into it and study it and learn about it and the history of it and the, everything's connected, there'd be no climate crisis if it wasn't for racism. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tom Brady's business partner, his friend. You know, he's probably going to make appearances with her, uh, a, 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 a flat-out traitor to the country. And a person who says there'd be no climate change without racism. And she says, if you really study it. Okay. Yeah. So, Jane, let, let me follow up with that. I'm not sure. That she looks like she's on the view. Do, or some, do some research. You'll see it's all connected. I, <laughs> all right. You did the research. You studied it, Jane, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Can you, can you connect the dots for me? So racism caused climate change? Uh, and and all the other problems in the world, help me help me out with that. You you nut. You weird. You just you whack job. I I can't believe that 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 this is this is what Tom Brady decided to do. Whatever uh, program know, she was on, do you think they followed up with a que- you know, follow up question to make her explain in a little more detail, or did they just take it face not. value? It looks like the View. Whatever. Probably. Of course not. They just say they, you know what they probably said. They probably said you're right. That makes a lot of sense. There'd be no climate change without racism. So she thinks climate change is caused by pollution, by by private jet, not her private jet, but other people's private jets and limos <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and exactly. you know, cow farts and meat and everything else. How does racism tie in? Can you explain it? Just keep it simple for us, you know, uh, us laymen here. Jane, you're obviously a very uh, well-read scientist here. Let, explain it. It'd just be like, what? I mean, you're an idiot. Why can't we just call her an idiot? She's an, you know, icon, 82-year-old icon, but she's a friggin' idiot. And I can't bra- believe Brady's in uh, in business with her. All right, we got to move. I want to get to uh, – I got to get your thoughts on the NFL, but I do want to do my new hero, Novak Djokovic. Let me do Shay, and then I'll tell you. I'm, I got three. Three heroes from the tennis world. Three. I bet you didn't think I could name three tennis players, and I couldn't. I don't think I could. No. Till last night, but I can now. And I didn't really appreciate the Djokovic story when it broke Sunday that he won his 10th Australian Open because I don't pay much attention to tennis. I haven't really watched since, uh, you know, Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg and Ivan Lendl and who was the crazy one? Eli Nastasi. Those were the glory days. And these guys are great. I'm sure Nadal and Federer, and, but the best ever. 
is Novak Djokovic. I'm ready to declare that now. I mean, he's, he is the best ever, but even if he weren't, I'd say he was. Because what he did over the weekend is just so ballsy. If you're not aware, he's unvaccinated. And he doesn't lie about it and say, I didn't get a fake vax card. And we'll get to my other tennis hero. But he uh, didn't get vaccinated, didn't think it was right for him. He's young. He's not that young. He's 35, but he's healthy as hell. He's one of the most fit people on the planet. He did his research and said, no, I'm not. I, I don't need that experimental vaccine. Perfect makes perfect sense. Lots of millions and millions of people did it, and they have one thing in common today: they look back and they don't regret their decision. Well, he was deported out of Australia. He went there for the Australian Open, and then they held him like in uh, isolation somewhere, like at the airport, and then they kicked him out of the country. And he was public enemy number one. Australia was crazy fanatical lockdown fanatical uh in in lockdown crazy in uh last year and two years ago as we know so he goes back this year to the place that deported him a year ago and kicks ass he's won i think it's 28 straight matches at the australian open just dominant he just owns it and now he's tied with uh nadal for most major wins and he's in great shape, and he's playing great, and he's going to keep winning. But I don't think, as of now, he can play in the U.S. Open because he's unvaccinated. And he says, and he doesn't regret anything. And he, they just put him through the ringer uh, uh, because of the choice he made. And I think this is a man, this is what we're supposed to admire in sports, a man who stood on principle, who did what he believed was right and didn't waver. If the media weren't just crazy lefty, I mean, he'd be, he would be adored, admired. He would be treated like a hero today because he stood on principle. He did the right thing. He didn't want to take any chances with this experimental vaccine. And under all that pressure, a lot of people wanting him to fail. A lot of people in the media, including Chris Fowler from ESPN, probably hoping he fell on, fell on his face. He didn't. He came up big. And by the way, he had another big controversy. I didn't even realize this. His father was there with him mm-hmm. in uh, wherever, the, Melbourne? Is that where they play? Yeah. In Australia? Australia what happens. Yeah. Um, and he appeared with a bunch of Russians waving a Russian flag. And his father, uh, Nita, uh, uh, Djokovic, said he didn't. His father was just, Djokovic said he was just his father was just hanging out with a bunch of fans and there happened to be some Russians and it was just happenstance. But I think his father had to leave Australia because it was such a distraction. So we had that going for him. He had people booing him. He had the media hoping it would fall on his face because he didn't comply to big government last year. And he won anyway. That is a ballsy performance. I like this guy, and I hope he wins. Well, he can't win U.S. Open because we won't let him in the country. Yeah, he's not vaxxed. We're, just, we're the only country still doing that, by the way. No, no, there's uh, there's uh, North Korea. Oh, yeah. And so there's a country in Africa, too, that's through us. North, <laughs> it's, it's North Korea and, like, Sierra Leone and yeah, us. And you know what they're saying about him? I remember seeing, like, PTI last year, but he would not get the vaccine. What were they calling him? They were calling him selfish. selfish. It's the opposite of that. What do you mean selfish? He's only hurting himself because you're crazy policies, but he's selfish? Uh, I like my, my favorite female tennis player. I like two of them. Uh, we don't have time to play Chris Fowler, do we? Uh, when he was right after, I'll just sum it up. 
right after Djokovic won, he was having a really emotional moment with his friends and family, whatever they were crying and hugging. And uh, John McEnroe just said, it's amazing what he's overcome. And Fowler chimes in says, it's his choice. He made a choice. Yeah, it was the right choice, you dink. Uh, <laughs> we do have that one tennis clip that's pretty decent. Do you, do you, we'll get to her, I think. Do I have time? Yeah, may, uh, I'll make it quick here. Uh, Camelia Giorgi. Do you know who she is? I had no idea. She's an Italian tennis star. She's got three oh, singles she faked, titles. She faked it. <laughs> yeah. She was caught up in a fake vaccine certificate scandal. Uh, maniac. Daniela Grillone, a doctor for his for her family, uh, alleged in an interview with the Italian media that the tennis star received a fake vaccine certificate and that none of her family members have received the shot either. Uh She's been asked about it, and uh, she's been very defensive. But Grillone was arrested, the doctor, for providing shots with fake serums uh, and fake certificates to people, to high-profile figures in Italy. So I want to commend uh, Camelia Giorgi. I don't blame you at all. They put you in a tough spot. You did your best. I don't know how good she is. Is this her? Uh, no, this uh, is that is that her? I'm not sure. Is that I don't know. My I think tennis. that's a, oh, some of your new favorite players. I think this is Camelia Georgie. Well, I was going to get to the other great tennis player. What's her name? The uh, oh, where did I put the? Uh, uh, you have that sound from. I, I wish I knew my tennis players. We can find that afterwards, but this, I think they, no, you hear it. Uh, uh, this player's name is Azar, uh, Victoria Azarenka. Oh, and they were trying to. She's a really good player. She's won a one major. She's a rival of Serena Williams. She's thirty three years old. She's from Belarus. She was born in the in, in Russia. She's from Belarus, and she's amazingly articulate. But she was getting grilled by the media who were trying to get her to take a stance on the war. And and knowing she probably supports, you know, she's against the war, but she doesn't want to say anything supportive or sympathetic about Russia because they'll ban her. You know, the Olympics, Zelensky's demanding the yeah. U.S., uh, the International Olympic Committee ban all Russian and Belarusians. So this woman has to tread carefully, but she took the media to school yesterday just saying, you're not going to get me to do this. It's it's a, I think it's a two-minute cut. Can you play a little of Victoria Azarenka? She's my, uh, she, she's let's get, of, let's get to her. It's a good clip. She's got sunglasses like, on, which is talk strange. about it. I, I, I don't I don't know what's what's the goal here that um, is continuously brought up. And uh, this incidents that, in my opinion, have nothing to do with players. But somehow you keep dragging players into it. So. What's the goal here? I think you should ask yourself that question, not me. And they trip, they triple down. They they ask it again. They keep asking, and she just won't go there. God, play some more. Clarify on that though. Does it frustrate you that, um, you know, particularly last night, for example, there was a clear sort of pro-Russian demonstration happening within the grounds of the tournament? That these people are coming and using the Australian Open as a platform for this, these kind of demonstrations. Does that frustrate you? I 
that whatever the answer I'm going to give it to you right now, it's going to be turned whichever way you want to turn it to. So does it bother me? What bothers me is um, there's real things that's going on in the world. And I don't know, are you a politician? <laughs> are you? Are you covering politics? Yes, and I'm a sports, and I'm an athlete, and you're asking me about things that maybe somebody says are in my control, but I don't believe that. So I don't know what you want me to answer. And if it's a provocative question, then, you know, you can, you can spin the story however you want. Good for her. She knows what they're trying to do. They want to get her to say something so they could pounce. They wanted to uh, mm -hmm. say something slightly uh, supportive of, of Russia, of Putin, so they can pounce. And she knows it, and she wouldn't play along, and they kept poking, and she wouldn't play along. And by the way, yeah. English isn't her first language. That's a pretty oh, damn articulate. Speaks better English than me. <laughs> she does. She speaks much better English than Ironhead. All right. We, we, anyway, we got to leave it there. What's your pick for the Super Bowl? Uh, as of right now, I got to dig in, but everyone, you said it right now, the sentiment's going to be on the best team, which is Philly, but I, I think it's an Andy Reid revenge game. I'm pretty sure, as of right now, unless something changes, I'm going to be pretty big on the Chiefs. Ooh, we'll hear more. You're going to be back tomorrow, right? I'll be back tomorrow. Plus, for what it's worth, I think Craig said he's on the Eagles, so if you want to uh -oh, really I didn't dig even deep. know that. Ironhead Iron is a few days off. He needs it. Yeah, I think he, he found out there was a free hotel in New York City. You know, they're giving up beautiful hotel rooms for mm -hmm. uh, illegal aliens. Yeah. I, sounds good to me, man. You go down there, $500 night hotel, food, culturally appropriate food. Yeah. And they're not food, leaving. <laughs> they're not leaving with you? I don't blame no, them. No, no. If you're here illegally, why, why follow any rules? Live, what a live, deal. Live, they give them a phone, they give them a check, they give them food, they give them a beautiful hotel, they're probably getting room service. It is party time at the Watson Hotel in uh, New York City. It down, sounds down like fun to me, but uh, maybe we'll get into that tomorrow. We will leave it there today. Thanks to everyone for listening and commenting. Thanks to Montante for producing. Good job. You feel yeah, good about Jane it? Fonda, Jane Fonda hopped in a little too quick, but, uh, you know, other than that, I think, uh, well, we got to get the show up. This might just be a conversation between us and some people. So we <laughs> no got to get the show done. physically up. <laughs> All right. Get to it, Montante. Thanks, man. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Who thinks take like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. 